So here's the questions of today. How do we know if we have fulfilled our tafkid? How do we know if we fulfilled our role in life? Maybe I'm wasting my life, I guess. Question two. What are we expected of in today's generation? Great question. Question three. If there's something you know you should change and improve in, but you really don't want to, what should you do? I don't mean something bad, but I don't feel like it's wrong. Why should I change myself? What's the question? What's this person asking? How about the third question, if there's something you don't want to change, really? Let me add to that question over here. Here's what it says over here. There's a bunch of questions here. I'm going to select the ones that are on, on the same topic. Um, I'm going to skip some of the questions because I can't read the handwriting. <laughs> but the part that I can read. Why? No, nope, I can't read that either. Um, if Torah has all the knowledge, why didn't they just come up with antibiotics, etc.? Why couldn't they figure it out themselves in Torah? Um, why does Hashem put people in situations that they are doomed to fail? And um, how do we know we can trust rabbis? Oh, that's a good question, but a different one. Here's on the same topic. How do we deal with feelings that the Torah does not approve of? Sounds like it's all a similar question, right? Or if someone, I think this question summarizes the whole topic well. If someone has urges, how do you, how do you deal with those urges? What is the tear of view on negative feelings like depression and anxiety? What do you do when a Jew kills himself? That's a good question, but not for this topic. So let's talk about urges and let's talk about um, knowing what your task is, knowing what your role is, and how to get through it, right? So, there's a certain uh, approach which the world has today. Officially, this is when you go to therapy, this is the way they go in today's day and age. What if you have an urge today? Well, that probably means, now this is very not politically correct, feel free to challenge on anything. If you don't agree with something, do not just sit there. If you're embarrassed of everybody else, I don't know why you are, but if you are, you can tell me afterwards, and it's fine, but please, please, don't just sit there and accept it because I said it, okay? If you want to argue, argue. If you have a real argument, not just to argue. <clears throat> so if you have an urge nowadays, what, what they tell you is, you're probably born with a gene of this urge. And most likely, you, um, you are this type of, uh, of person. And there's nothing that can be done about your situation. Um, this is what it is. And so, well, you're stuck with this urge. That's who you are. And so, what you want to do is accept it. Accept who you are and accept um, what you're about. And that means, you know, if you feel, um, 
I mean, I don't want to spell out urges because I don't know what urges people have. And if I do, I'm not sure I want to talk about it necessarily publicly. But can you fill in the blank for yourself and understand that when there's an urge, there's something. Does anyone have urges of different things? Does anyone not have any urges for anything? Everything's perfect in your life? Is anyone perfect? Right, okay, let's keep it simple. What if I have an urge to talk Lushan Hara? I really want to talk Lushan Hara. I was once in shul, there were a bunch of guys, and one of them started talking about his father. His father, Lushan Hara. He was already a guy in his 40s, and now he can talk whatever he wants, right? Without feeling bad about himself. So he wanted to talk everything about his dad. And I walked over and I said, um, you know that you have an absolutely incredible opportunity right now, in this moment. What's your opportunity? Your opportunity is to shut your mouth. <laughs> because if you resist the temptation right now, then what you are doing is the most divine, godly act and experience ever known to mankind. You have the opportunity right now. Grab and seize the opportunity. All you got to do is very simple. Nothing. He's sitting over there and he's like, uh, I really, really, really want to say, I have such a juicy story to tell based on what this guy just said about my dad, and I'm so itching to tell it. And I said, the more you're itching to tell it, the more mysterious nefesh it is to not tell it. The more self-sacrifice you have to have to not tell it. And when you don't say it, let me tell you what happens. That board's not working, that one. What do we do again to write? Just the right. Pick up the hat. The what? My favorite is the whiteboard. Top right. Top right, top right. whiteboard. Okay. Here's the term you want to know. Okay? I think we've said this before. And here it is. Very important line from the Zoyar HaKodesh. It's in Aramaic, right? So it's not in Hebrew. Kad Iskafia Sitra Achra Istalek Yekara Dekutsha Brihu Bechulu Almin. Does anyone know what that means in English? The key word, the one, only one I need you to remember, is that one. That's a summary of the whole thing. But you see what it says there? Kadiskafia sitra achra, istalek yikara the kutra brichu v'chulu almi. What it means is, does anyone know what it means? No. When, when you push the sitra achra, the sitra achra is, what? The Yetzirah. Why is he called Sitra Achra? Because he's Sitra Achra. Achra is the other. Sitra is side. The other side. The opposition team. When you push the Sitra Achra, the opposition out, when you push him away, the glory of Kuchabrihu, Istalik is manifest, the Hulu Almin, in all the worlds. 
Your power is to push the Sitra Akhra. Why does Hashem make you have negative and bad and difficult feelings? The answer is to be able to perform Iskafia. So contrary to contemporary thinking that says that you need to succumb to every taiva and every desire that you have, the Zohar tells us that actually it's quite the contrary. The reason you have taivas and difficulties and challenges in life is so that you can have something to push against. If you don't have any problems in your life, right, then who needs you? Which is what they say in English. I would write it down, but you can figure it out yourself. Don't tell God how great your, don't tell God how great your problems are. Tell your problems how great God is. Right? So here's the idea. You can say, I have a desire. It's not fair. Nobody else has this taiva. Nobody else even understands the desire that I have. Why am I the only person with this desire? Firstly, rest assured, you're not the only person with this desire. But yeah, in your social circle, you might be the only person. But rest assured that every single person has their own fair share of taivas, of challenges and of difficulties. The story is, yes. What if it's like super all-consuming and like if, if you have to fight it every day of your life, you're going to be really sad? Like what if it's really going to throw you off? Fight it every single day. It's too difficult to fight every day. Right. So we'll discuss in a moment how to fight. Okay? Yeah. How do you know the difference between a desire that's good and a desire that's bad? How do you know the difference between a desire that's good and a desire that's bad? For now, if you don't mind, let's keep it simple. You ask the Torah if it's good or bad. So, if you have a juicy story to share about someone, is that good or bad? bad. Why? It's called Lashon Hara, right? If you want to do what the Torah says, that's good. If you don't, you want to give an example? Or? I want, well, excellent. That's, that's, that's also in the Torah, actually. Guard your soul. So, I want to, it's, it's, yeah, that's a perfect example. I want to eat a cookie. So, is eating a cookie good or bad? Not so simple. It's not bad, right? Well, what's the answer? It depends how, how much does your body need that cookie right now or not. That's the answer. Which means, are you guarding your soul or are you destroying it? That's what obesity comes from. An inability to control yourself. We're talking about the need to control. One second. Yes. Who had a question the other day? Yeah. Um, so let's say someone has like the taiva to just wallow in self-pity, right? And mm -hmm. obviously it's not right. It's an all-encompassing thing. It's just like a, it's like I just want to feel this way and it's just hard to like fight. You can't like... You're asking the same question she's asking. You're saying it's a very difficult situation. I have a lot of self-pity. I don't know what. I don't know how to get out of it. You're telling me to fight. I need to fight, but it's too difficult to fight. Yeah, it's not like a physical thing. Like either I, I am gonna go here or not. It's like, let's say if you don't pay absolute attention to it, like you could feel. Let's say someone has a hard time keeping themselves in a positive frame of mind. Right. Always thinking negatively. Right. right. And like if they don't devoting what. Devoting attention to it all the time is tiring, you know. Mm -hmm. but so what did you do? Just let it go. Like, Think like negatively. Just like slip into things. Right. Know? Okay. So. so we need to discuss how to do it. Right? Same question. But first we're discussing why to do it. 
because there's a grain, there's a movement in the world today which says if you have a taiva, if you have a desire, that's most likely because you are that. So if you identify in a particular way, must be that you are that. And therefore don't fight it, accept that that's your gene and go with it. Right? That's the general way. And what we're saying is, no, the reason why you have Tivus is not to go with it, but actually to go against it. Because your power is to go against it. I'll take one or two more and then continue. Yes. Is it a life's purpose to be fighting your taiva? Great, great question. The answer is yes. From the moment you're born to the last moment of your life. If you stop fighting, if there's no fighting going on, you're not a human being. Human beings are destined to grow and go higher and go places, right? If a human being is not growing, they're falling. Think about life as going up a cliff. And you decide, okay, I'm done today, I want to just rest. You're either going up or you're going down. But you're going. So there's no really like, like there's no really identifying like what, not, I don't know about the words, but basically like every day of your life, like there's this, like, I think it all comes down to like, every single day there's a struggle in Eretz Yisrael today, right? What's, what separates New York from New Jersey? What? A border? Uh, do you know where the border is? Oh, water? Yeah. I mean, there's a bridge. And when you cross over it, it suddenly says, Welcome to New Jersey. And then you move to Pennsylvania and whatever, just another welcome. Have you ever crossed the border from Israel through the Golan Heights to Syria? Welcome to Syria. Would you like to get welcome to Syria? No. If Israel decides for one second, for one second, that the, the Israeli-Syrian border is like the New York-New Jersey border? You know what's going to happen to them that day? They're done. Survival is a recognition and understanding that there is a dangerous border over there. And you will be safe so long as you realize that and you keep on patrolling your border. That's what human beings are. Yes? Let's just do one thing first of all. Let's not fight our desires. Let's get excited over them. Let's realize that desires are a bracha. They're a great blessing. They're amazing. Because when you have a desire, you have something to propel you forward, right? We might have discussed in the past, but look. Let me show you an art. There's an art called, it's a human thing. Most humans do it without even noticing. I'm sitting down and I want to get up. Could you help me break it down? How do I get up? What? Just get up, right? How do you lift? Doesn't go. Focus your weight on your feet, right? Do what? Bend and? Why am I putting my hands on the desk? Do you see how the desk is actually pushing the opposite direction to me? And the floor is pushing the opposite direction. It's resisting me. 
I'm trying to get to a floor so I can push against him to push myself up. If you're in outer space and you're trying to get up and there's no force of gravity, you can't get up. If you're in outer space, you're like, push, there's no one to push against. So you just float. You need resistance to get up. Resistance propels you forward. So your tithers are like that. They propel you forward. When you want something the opposite, you push against him, then you move in that direction. Yes? I mean, just like, what does that have to do with getting up? Yeah, like the getting up means, if I want to go that way, I have to push against the hard surface to go forward. When you want to grow spiritually, you have to find something that's blocking you, and you push against that, and then you can go forward. So, I want to grow in my connection to Hashem and my spirituality. Do you know that? I don't even know what that means. How do you grow spiritually? What does that mean to grow spiritually? You want to know how you grow spiritually? You look at everything you don't want to do, and you push against that. So every time you talk Lashon Hara, you're like, yes, I'm relishing to talk Lashon Hara now. I'm dying. I'd love to talk Lashon Hara. And then you're like, if you find a way, and we'll discuss in a moment, hopefully how, you push against it. And what happens? This happens. When you push against the negative side, what happens? That's your spiritual push. That's like me getting up. Make sense? You got it? I'm pushing against something. I don't, nothing, if you're not blocking me, I can't push against something. When I push against it, then Hashem is revealed. Every time you have a taiva, a desire to go the opposite direction, you say, yes, opportunity for, that's the word, iskafia. Iskafia means to push against him, yes? Um, I don't think people want to go in the wrong direction. Correct. But not on purpose, they certainly do. Right? Meaning, you don't want to talk Lashon Hara. You don't want to be a person who talks Lashon Hara. But when there's a juicy conversation to have, you really want to do it. Right? It's like almost impossible to not do it. Like, do you want to eat, like, fresh, a whole lot of rogalach right now? No. But if I put them in front of you, you ever seen a rogalach talk? They talk. If you put rogalach in front of you, they have this conversation. They just start talking. They say, eat me, eat me, eat me. And they don't even say anything, and you just like, you feel this urge to eat him. Rogalach are designed with this craving. Right? Like it makes your mouth water and juicy. Like, eat me already. And then you push it, say, okay, I'm not doing it. I'm resisting for three minutes, and then you eat him. Right? Difficult to overcome tithers. In other words, here's what we say. When you have an urge to do something, that nobody's ever done before, you should thank Hashem profusely. Almighty God, thank you, thank you, thank you for the ability to push against something and get closer to you. And that's another way of looking at your tithes, right? Now let's read another possible there. It says, we have to say this one. Ani. Ani Hashem Elokeichem, right? Asher Oitzeisi Eschem Mei Eretz Mitzrayim. Anyone? That's an easy one to translate. What does it mean? 
I am Hashem your God, who took you out of the land of Egypt, right? Every time you have a challenge, the name you want to give it is Mitzrayim. Here is Mitzrayim. What does Mitzrayim mean in English? Not Egypt. What's Mitzrayim? What's Tsar? What? What did you say? Hardship. Tsar is? Hardship, narrow. Tsar is narrow, the hardship, yes. Mitzrayim is narrow, constrained. What you want to do is this. I am Hashem, your God, took you out of the land of Egypt. I'm going to read it differently. Pay attention to the nuance. I am Hashem, your God, not who took you out of the land of Egypt. I am Hashem, your God. You want to know how you're going to get out of it? From your struggle, that's how I take you out. I pick you up from your Eretz Mitzrayim. Instead of looking at your Mitzrayim as limiting you, you should look at it as pushing you, propelling you forward. Hashem is giving you a bracha and He's propelling you and pushing you forward with every taiva you have. And if you have a taiva that nobody else has, you are the most lucky person in the world. Yes. Well, it doesn't really make a difference if anyone else has it or not. But when you have a taiva, right, let's say you have a taiva to speak Lashon Hara, so it doesn't help you that I also have that taiva or I don't. But you, you want to know how do I overcome this, right? So. Same thing. Anything you shouldn't be doing or thinking, I mean, understanding, thinking, speaking, or acting, basically. Anything you shouldn't be thinking, speaking, or acting, that's what you've got to push against. It's an opportunity well, to push. Right. I'll tell you in a moment how to control it. That's the same question as there, yeah? Well, let's ask the Torah. There's a post which says, don't turn to your heart and your eyes. The eye sees something, the heart desires it. Anything that starts with speaking starts in the, in the thinking, right? But think about it this way. When you think bad about, is it okay for me to think bad about you? It's okay? What? Would you, correct, but would you sense if I thought bad about you? If I think, if I walk in here now and I think that everyone over here is, I, I like, if I walk in and my, my thought is, this is unbelievable, because everyone, there's about however many nishamas in this room, everyone has a soul, everyone's godly, and I'm getting to have a conversation with a bunch of godly souls and work on our issues together, and we're going to connect it to Hashem. That's one type of thought. I don't have to say it. Or I could walk in and think, this is such a drag. Oh my gosh, you're going to come in and teach a bunch of teens. <laughs> right? Now, would you, would, do you think you would sense my thought? Yeah. Right. So that's, why, that's why you shouldn't think wrong. Exactly. That's why thinking is so important. Hold on. One sec. Let me first answer this question now back. I want to answer your question first. Is the same question? Okay, hold on. Let me answer it first. And then we'll... Okay, hold on. I want to just not ignore the question. So, the first point to understand is that having 
bad thoughts, bad feelings, is not bad. It's awesome. It's amazing. You just need to push against them and go the opposite direction. Are you ever going to end it? No, it just changes. Hold on, I'm answering this one now. It just keeps on going. So it's like, but it's so hard. It's so difficult. I don't know how to do it. Like sometimes I just can't get out of my thoughts and I don't know what to do. I want to push against it, but I can't. And when you have negative thinking especially, it's such fun. It's such fun to have negative thinking. It's so good to be negative. I knew it was bad. I knew it wouldn't work. See, I was right. How do you push against it? Here's the answer. The way to push against it is take your enemy. You're in a boxing match, right? Yaakov Avinu had a boxing match. Well, a wrestling match, right? Who did he wrestle? He wrestled with Esau's Malach, Esau's angel. Have you ever wrestled with an angel? Yeah? Yeah. You wrestle with him all the time. You wish the wrestling match was with your hands smacking him up. The wrestling match is a lot more challenging than that. Because you know where he jumps in? He goes inside you. And he jumps in there, and he's like, hello, let's have a fight. And what you're going to discover is, the fight between you and the angel takes place inside your head, inside your heart. That's hard. Because he's an enemy, is inside you. How do you fight the enemy? You pick him up, and you identify who the enemy is. Okay? So let's say, we spoke about this once, let's say you have a good friend. A good friend. That means someone who's non-judgmental or a good teacher, a mechanechus, someone who's really, really, really going to understand you. So call them up and say, hey, can you help me out? I've got an issue. I need from you some empathy. All I'm asking you to do is just to understand me. Please don't judge me. All I'm asking you to do is just listen to me. And all I'm asking you to do is to repeat to me what I said. And it sounds a bit weird, because like, I'm telling you to do that? Yeah, try it out. And you say, well, I have this strong urge and a strong desire to fill in the blank. This is my desire. And it's really, really weird. It's really strange. I don't know what to do. And it's really wrong. And I'm embarrassed. I'm really embarrassed to have this taiva, and if anyone knew what I would do, nobody would ever marry me. Or whatever your issues are. And I'm just asking you to identify and be with me in this space. And you need someone, like God help, if you found someone who's going to say, what? I'm going to tell the principal what you just said. Because <laughs> that won't work, will it? It's got to be someone who really, really gets you. And once they get you, and you can really, yes, that's exactly my feeling. You ever had that happen to you? Where someone does it and they really get you. And they're like, go onto the ground, like sitting on the floor, in your pain, in your struggle, not solving, don't solve my problem, please don't solve it, just understand me. You know what happens when they do? You'll find it easy and simple to solve the problem yourself. You have the power that you need to solve every single issue that you have. But you need your neshama to be ignited a little bit. 
Does that make sense? What you want to do is not run away from your problem. So when you're sitting over there and you say, let's take it simple, I want to speak Lashon Hara. I'm dying to speak Lashon Hara. What are you feeling? You're probably feeling jealous of the other person. Imagine you call a friend, you say, I want to talk Lashon Hara about this person. You know why? Because I'm jealous of her. That's harsh to difficult to, to admit that. I'm feeling jealous and I'm feeling sad that I don't have something and I feel power when I can talk bad about her and she's not present, then I can just say the words. That's hard. You just admitted all your faults in the most honest, brutally honest way. You can't tell it to your friends, right? Because it's too difficult to admit them. But if you admit it to one person, or mind you, once you get good at it, you just admit it to yourself. You admit what you're feeling. Go through every one of your feelings. You've got to get in touch with yourself of what you're feeling. And then you say, whoa, that's what I'm feeling. And now what? This is unbelievable. I get to fight that feeling. You cannot fight a feeling when you're trying to run away from it. The reason we fail at all our taivas and we keep on going for negative thinking is because we run away from it. I don't want to feel this. Please, Hashem, I don't want to feel this. I don't want to feel depressed. I don't want to feel anxious. If you walk right into the feeling, I'm feeling jealous. And you admit what you're feeling. Make sure to always use the word feeling. Never say, I am jealous. Never say, I am depressed. Because you're never jealous and never depressed. Add the word feeling. Then you can control it. I'm feeling jealous. I'm feeling depressed. Now what do you do? Now you're like, okay, I admitted the feeling. But I'm also feeling something else. You'll never be feeling one feeling only. It'll always be two, three, four, and five, and ten. A whole bunch of feelings together. Once you admit it and you put it on a pedestal on the table, now you know what you do. Now you're like, Hashem, can't do this. Help me. And I'm ready to push. You'll need to push a bit. It's not going to be comfortable. But you'll find the power with which to push against. So when you have Tivus, this is the point. Don't tell your problems. Don't tell God how great your problems are. Look at your problems. Identify them. Realize what they are. And then tell them how great God is. And realize, this is what makes you human. Unbelievable. It's like an exciting thing to be. Human beings are not animals. Animals are instinctive. They succumb to their desires. They have a desire, they, they fulfill it. Human beings learn how to push and go against the grain. And that's what makes you special and human. Make sense? The bell rings two minutes early. Is that meant to be? Okay. Any questions? Or should we just wrap it up? No questions because time's out? Okay. That's the message for today.